got some mail for your racist ass. Dear white people, dear white people, you gonna keep putting on blackface, I'm gonna black your eye. Dear white people, dear white people. <laughs> see now, see I have to put this at the beginning <laughs> of the show. I have to. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another brand spanking new edition of the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And I am joined by... Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. We will be reviewing Justin Simeon's Dear White People. Dear White People. Starring, in order, Tyler James Williams, Tessa Thompson, Kyle Gallner, Tiana Paris, Brandon Bell, Malcolm Barrett, and featuring Dennis Haysbert. Yes, indeed. From 2014. 2014, that's right. It seems like it was more recent than that. Has it been that long? It's been that long. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's like three years. It's like three years ago. Has it been three years? It seems years? like it was just, they were just it, talking about it. Like, Of course, we were talking about the same time as Dope. So Dope's about two, three years old. Dope can't be. Dope is not two, three years I old. I mean, well. I think Dope's probably like 2000, late 2015. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I just remember the, the from, from the young folks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, speaking of young folks. Vince was feeling his young oats as he was tripping along the Champs-Élysées. That was a horrible transition. It was. <laughs> it was. You didn't have to call me out. I didn't know what you was about to say I was doing. You didn't have to call like, me what out. What was I doing that. like the young people? You could have just rolled just, with it. Just rolled with it. But no. Not you. Because baby, I'm back. <laughs> Just like DeMar Wilson. Oh, boy. Um, that, and, was, that was a horrible, horrible comparison. And Vanetta McGee. No, not Vanetta. That's Denise Nichols. Denise Nichols, yes. And a little itty-bitty Kim Fields. Mm. <clears throat> so, anyway, Vince is back from his, <laughs> from his European vacation. Um. Welcome back, Vince. Thank you. Thank you. It How is, did you and it the is good to be back. How did you and the family enjoy your trip? Up? We had a ball. We had a ball. I mean, you know, it was a hard trip. Like, like it's, a, it's you know, I think it's, it's the way you have to do it the first time you go. What do you mean? Like, like we were there 10 days. Okay. And, you know, we did three days in Rome, three days in um Paris, Paris and three days in London. Right. Which is, you know, just, just. Three cities in ten days, I think, in general, is hard. True. And three days in 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 three cities in in on another continent mm-hmm. is is pretty insane too. But it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. I you know I had a ball. Nice. I really did. Now this was your first time in Europe. This is my first time in Europe. What do you think of it? I I I have very 
complicated thoughts about all three places. Really? I think well, you uh, fir- the first you landed in. We landed in Rome. In Rome, and I loved Rome. I didn't expect to love Rome. like Rome. Actually, snuck up on me. Really, Rome snuck up on me, but because it is, I really do. Because you know, like we went to see the Colosseum, which is like a bunch of rocks, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what I thought all of Rome was going to be. Right, but Rome is amazingly vibrant. Okay, and and, and you're talking about like the people? No, the city itself. Okay, like it's a lot going on in Rome, really? and it's beautiful and. You know, all the stuff you go see, like, you know, people, oh, you got to go see, and it's always like, okay, all right. But, you know, like, St. Peter's Basilica is, might be the most, no, it's the most beautiful man-made thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? You know, the Sistine Chapel, beautiful. Uh, You you know, just just churches. Mm -hmm. You know, just churches. Yeah. Like, you just stop and just huge churches and cathedrals, you know, the architecture, the food oh my god drank so much wine yeah like like just the stereotypical you're in rome and you're eating pasta Mm -hmm. and drinking wine now are you tasting the difference in their pasta absolutely absolutely i I think the the pasta best pasta i've ever had yeah you know and i don't know if it's the water that they make it with i don't know if it's just you know it's it's i mean just to put it in terms we understand it's like going somewhere else and having a cheesesteak sandwich gotcha and then you come back to philly like you know it tastes like a cheesesteak but then you get here it's like oh right 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 you know and i don't know what it is like i've told like as some as as an immigrant to philadelphia i tell people that the real secret to the philadelphia cheesesteak is the bread Hmm. no one ever tells you that it's the rolls that kind of separates it you think i do i do but you know rome was great paris beautiful uh you, you know just just sidewalk cafes and and yeah. and we you know went to the louvre and the louvre was fantastic mm-hmm. uh here, here's something funny there were roving bands of pickpockets pickpockets actual pickpockets and i tried to take it seriously but i just had like oliver twist in my head but you <laughs> saw them yeah like you saw they there were young women and they roved there were women young women and they rolled in packs and 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 you know what the, they, I, well, hold up! You got to paint this picture. So it's, it's like you're walking along. Just in, in when you Paris. are, this is what they do. A, a woman comes up to you and says, "Excuse me, do you speak English?" Okay. And you're not supposed to answer. Like, like every all the tour guys said, you know, don't do it. Just keep moving. Keep, just keep moving. Right. And then it actually happened. Okay, so somebody she obviously stopped somebody. Right. And then in the Louvre, you see them not looking at anything. They're just wandering through the museum. Just young girls. Young girls. How are they getting into the Louvre? Don't you have to pay? Hey, man, I don't know the logistics of being a pickpocket (laughs) at the Louvre. I'm just telling you. You know how it is. Like, once somebody points it out to you, then you see it. So the one girl distracts. Distracts you. And then somebody else just comes up and, like, bumps you and just. Yes. Really? Right. Seriously. it, it It is not a game. Are you serious? It is not a game. Oh my god! Uh, but Paris. Other thing about Paris. Been collecting comics. Everybody knows this since I was four years old. Yes. I have never in my life been present because you hear about people in other parts of the world mm-hmm. with with comic culture. Mm-hmm. I was intimidated by comic book culture in Paris. I went to a part of the city 
where, no joke, eight comic shops on the on in like a two block radius. Seriously, seriously, like eight serious comic eight book serious shops. comic book shops, different kinds of shops. This different different um f- different branches of the same shop. Really? So this is the shop. That sells Wait, French was, comics. Okay. This is the shop that sells just like American comics. Mm-hmm. This is the shop that just sells other stuff. Wow. Prints. Like we sell prints. Mm-hmm. So you know. Wow. It 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 was not a game. It was not a game. And like I said, I know my stuff, but I went into some and you know, obviously, you know, dudes were speaking French. But I was like, this this is real serious right here. <laughs> like I don't really like I don't really have enough money to be in here wasting this man's time. <laughs> like this like I'm looking for a copy of Batman in French I can bring back to Lynn. Which he did, thank you. And I'm wasting this man's time. <laughs> Cause this man is running some type of comic book gallery. <laughs> Nice man, yeah, yeah. Paris is Paris is for, and, and the pastries. Mm, like okay. we didn't really eat, we we didn't really eat any of the cuisine like that. But, but okay. the pastries. Wait, uh, you didn't eat the cuisine. You were there for three days. We were there for three days, but you know, you you know, you, you kind of McDonald's. Here's a funny thing. Pro tip. So you know they say in Europe, you, like there are no bathrooms. Yeah. Or you have to pay for the bathrooms, or the bathrooms are just a real. Shaky situation. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah. I mean, like the public, the bathroom. public bathrooms, yes, yes, and you yes, had to pay for them, and this right. and other. You find an American restaurant. Okay. McDonald's, Shake Shack. Um, oh, there's a Shake Shack. There's a Shake Shack in London. Okay. There's All a right. Shake well, Shack in sense. London, that makes sense. and there's a Five Guys on the 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 Sean's <laughs> the, the Sean's oh, list. There's a Five Guys. And you know, real talk. I got a twelve-year-old and a baby. You know, so and it, hey, Five Guys has a bathroom, has a stall, has a stall, an American bathroom. Okay. So you know, Paris was fantastic, and then there was London. You ended, in and London. then there was London, and you know, I, I really do have to go. I think I have to go back to London because by the time we got to London, You're we were wiped just, out, just wiped yeah. out. But I will say this about London: tea is no joke. <laughs> tea time like all that joke all the jokey jokes about tea mm-hmm. tea is a real thing yeah and that's a real that's a real thing and you sit down and you had a sandwiches and and the clotted cream on the scones clotted cream is butter okay <laughs> okay and 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 the, the little the little the little pastries on top and 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 the people come around and they pour the tea for you because like we actually went to high tea oh really we did we did. That's nice. It was nice. Did y'all get dressed? I mean, I had on a blazer <laughs> over your t-shirt. <laughs> no, no, right, right, right. No, no. My mother said a, a young man should always have a crisp white shirt in a blue blazer. So you know, there you go. I was dressed appropriately for tea. Did you? Did your wife and daughter, they had on dresses, and you know, my cousin gloves? had on a dress. Hmm? Did they have on gloves? They didn't know gloves. No gloves. No gloves. Oh, no gloves. they sometimey. Yeah, yeah. No gloves. But but tea and and but that was the high tea. But then it's just other spots, okay, that you can just go have tea. Oh, okay. and like tea's a thing, like you know. Wow. So, but London did was the great. Tea taste different. It did. You get Earl Grey. We did. We actually went to the uh, the Twining store. 
Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. That has wow, been there that? since seventeen. This now. This is funny. I know we gotta get to, it, but this is funny. Like people's sense of time in Europe is how you know you're an American. Okay. Because they throw off these dates like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Oh well, this is a church from 1597, and here's a storefront from you you know 1714, and and this cathedral has been here since 1647. And then they'll get real slick with it and say, you know, this building hasn't been here that long. It's only been here since the 19th century, and it's like, oh, that's the little baby. <laughs> but the Twining store has been there since 17 something, like something ridiculous. So you know, it is it is weird being an American and, and kind of having that brand new context mm. that everybody lives in. But now I had a ball. I was happy to be home. I'm just happy to come home now. That's nice. That's I was happy nice. to come I'm home. glad you and your family had a good time. We did. We did. That was we cool. Did. And I, I recommend it for everyone. Oh, I'm looking forward to my uh, European vacation. Oh, have fun. Eh, maybe. <laughs> um, when they pay the triples to go over there, that's when. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully that'll happen soon. Um, but, uh, thank you. And, um, you know, even though we filled the gap while you were gone, we had recorded a number of shows ahead of time. Um, so the audience didn't really feel your absence. Right, right. I did. And I felt the absence of the audience. So now we're back. Could have said that you felt the absence of me. And I felt the absence of you. Well, you know, I've I've talked to you. So we've gotten letters. (laughs) We've gotten letters. Now, y'all heard I went and got him a a, a French Batman, right? And an Italian Batman. Yes, you did. The funny thing, I actually went, so, so, you know, like the big, one of the big stores in London is Forbidden Planet. Like that's, that's like the big, so I went there. Okay, and and I went and I because because you know bat triple I was gonna get you one from each country. So y'all was thinking about you. I appreciate it. And I actually I was actually flipping through copies of Batman and like Detective Comics, mm. looking for like color <laughs> spelled with like a U, <laughs> or like someone says we have to search this from A to Z. Like I was looking for something, <laughs> something. that would let me know that it was British. But they didn't have anything. No, so no, they, 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 they that'd be a waste of money, <laughs> right? To translate so. the English right, right. into English, right, right. So, <laughs> so I was thinking about you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the comics that you did uh, buy me. Uh, they were very nice. They are going to be framed, especially that one, that one um, Batman, like it's almost like like the Batman family or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, it's like all of the solo issues of a couple of the series all in one book. Right, right. And I think it's really striking cover. I think I'm going to frame that and put it, that in my new Bat Cave. All right. Uh, when I move. All right. Um, but uh, yes, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and that means that we are going to catch up before we get into Dear White People. We're going to catch up with some of your uh, messages and emails. Um, we thank each and every one of you who follows us on Twitter at Mission Michelle, uh, likes us on Facebook at Michelle Mission, and on Instagram at Michelle Mission, which I promise we are going to really start jumping back into the Instagram thing. All right. Um, we've, we've got a couple of social media initiatives that we're going to be announcing at the end of the show that hopefully you will you should, wrap your heads you around have like an intern an intern do this kind of thing you know you know when the two of us are doing equal work then oh we'll get a, a an, an intern 
Yeah, that that was wrong. I should I'll take that back. Here we go. I take that back. Maybe tomorrow. So we have um on Facebook our old friend Tom Laporta. Hey Tom. Yes, he hit us up and said, All right, guys, time to go on the record. Uh oh. If you could snap your fingers and add five black movies to the Criterion Collection oh, each, what would you add? And remember, do the right thing is already there. Yes, it is. For discussion purposes, pretend that licensing restrictions don't exist. Uh, FYI, great episode on Darktown Strutters. Oddly enough, I just rented that on Sunday at Cinemug. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. nice so nice. you want to go? Uh, well, let's see. He wants five films. I don't think we need to do five each. Okay. Let's just d- do five. Um, if Do the Right Thing is already. Yes. Criterion Collection. Then I would say, okay, I'll I'll throw in a monkey wrench here. What's love got to do with it? Why would you put what's love got to do with it on the Criterion Collection? Why not? It's Tina Turner, oh, Ike Turner. There's a lot of things you could you could do with that. I'm, I'm going to say Daughters of the Dust. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Um, and there's no eat the cake anime scene. That, that true, it won't be quite as fun. And, right, but it won't right. be it won't be a, a instant a blind yeah. buy. Right, right. At, at, uh, no, no, that's at my Walmart. daddy's name. That's my daddy's name. That stays with me. I'm telling you. See, people talk about eat the cake. Not as many people talk about that's my daddy's name. Exactly. All right, go ahead. I'm telling you, you uh, can have fun with a Criterion yeah, Collection yeah, of What's Love. Yeah. See, you're already having fun with uh, it. You just said Daughters of Dust. You're already back on What's Love Got to Do With right. It. See, you're hating on my decision. I am. See? I am. All right. Now, another one. Not quite as controversial. Okay. Okay. Ease by you. Oh, that would have been my second choice. Good one. That's a good one. Yes. Uh, I will say, what will I say next? Because I was going to say Eve's by you. That's three. I'll say nothing but a man. Mm. 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 You could do better. I'm sticking with nothing but a man. No, you're not. I am. No, you're not. I am? Criterion Collection. Criterion Collection. I'm, so now I'm going to challenge you. Okay. Criterion Collection. You're on the Criterion Collection Committee. Yes. You've got two movies staring in front of you that you've got to make your decision. Your tiebreaker of what's going to be the next one on yes. the roll. Nothing but a man. Or? Uptight. I'm going to go with nothing but a man. Why? I think it's a better movie. You think that's a better movie? I think it's a better uptight. I think it's a better movie than uptight, and that's just how good I think it is because I loved uptight. Hmm. Hmm. I think the performances are more nuanced, more naturalistic. Mm-hmm. I think the story is is a more subtle story. I think the the, the filmography. You know, we talk all the stuff we talked about. Actually, like I, I actually think it's, and I think it is a film that would benefit most from a, um, a remastering. You think that um, uptight would? I mean, um, um, nothing but a man. Yes, because like, like I think that print of uptight is actually pretty good. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I think the, I think the I think the the print of Nothing But a Man is pretty good too. I th- I thought it could be sharper. Okay. Yeah, I feel you. And I think black and white films always, well, you know, unless like Turner Classics colorizes it, but mm-hmm. like you know, I think they always benefit from a remastering. Okay, I hear you on that. Um, and I will say that there are. A, thinking back on it now there are some very striking um visuals right in that and logo. again that's not a slight to uptight no that's just how much i like because you know i loved uptight yes yes you're right absolutely right now there's an, another movie that i that i would select and i think it may be too hard to restore but if they were able to restore it i think would be like fit right in the criterion collection where wheelhouse because this is number five okay so this is not my fifth collection i just because i think it will be too hard to do it okay but it's it's made for it okay and that's ganja and hess yeah 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 i think when we we talked to um uh, uh a- ashley when we talked to ashley ashley has talked about how people have been looking for a print yeah Looking for like bits and pieces yeah. so they could try and yeah. find it to, to get a restore. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think I think that would Ganji really Hess would be amazing. Lend itself into that, and, and you know it's a long movie, right? So, but um, but I think that would. But okay, so so taking that off the table, and and shout out to Ashley of Graveyard Shift Sisters for um when she brought that for us to review in October of last year for our, our horror yes movies and. Halloween, which she will return for absolutely this year. Uh, taking Ganja and Hess off the table, I would replace it with Wild Style. Oh, that's a good one. Wild yeah. Style's a good one. Yeah, Wild Style is a very good one. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was. This close to saying um, a coolie high, but right, right, but right. no, I, I think wild style. Yeah, wild style. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing about coolie high. I believe all the principals are still alive. Well, let's see, Lawrence Hilton Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just drawing a blank on the the lead's name. Um, preacher. Yeah. Um. Here's the funny thing. I forgot his name last time he came up. <laughs> I, his I forgot his a very talented actor because I just call him Colonel Taylor. Yeah, from um, from from a different world. Oh, what's his name? G. <laughs> it's a G. I know that. Well, if only we had some kind of <laughs> magical device in which we could look it up and find. Um, Great, I I hate this. What Glenn Terman? Glenn Terman. Glenn Terman. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Terman's alive. Glenn Terman. Um, the sister who plays his girlfriend is still alive. I actually saw an interview with her somewhere, like in the past five years. Oh wow! Randomly. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. That scene when they like kind of sneaking around. Yeah. Man, that turned me on. Man. Yeah. That that I've been trying to relive that scene for the rest of my life. So anyway. Yeah. So so there you go. Uh, uh, Tom, there's our five films. Yes, I think we I think we did uh, good selections there. Okay, actually, 
let's see. Let's see what else. I think there was something else here on um something else on Facebook. If I can go to it. Let's dead that. And because I think we heard from I'm gonna have to edit all of this out. Here we go. Robert Monroe Jr. Robert Monroe Jr. It ain't the Michelle mission unless we right hear now I'm home. Yeah. It, how about that? Sophia home now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um hey brothers, I've been catching up with a marathon session of the Michelle Mission. All right. I'm listening to the 417 episode of the Binge Lounge and the discussion about KRS one. Uh-uh. Oh boy. I lost respect for the brother when he was supposed to perform at Rutgers when I was a student. <laughs> oh, boy. He showed up late. Oh, no. Not Lauren Hill late, but late but, enough. <laughs> well, no one shows up Lauren Hill late except Lauren Hill. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to outlate me. That's right. Well, the thing about Lauren Hill is that she's in that perfect sweet spot right? where she's going to show up late. But people are going to wait for her. Yeah. Like, there are very few no, people. Who, there, she was in that sweet spot. Right. You know what? I think she still is. Like, you still. I don't know. She just performed somewhere and showed up, like, three hours late. Really? Like, in the past month. Really? Yeah, I got to. Like, anyone else that has that kind of following would never show up that late. Mm-hmm. And if anyone else tried to show up that late, people would leave. Not necessarily. Like, Genuine couldn't show up. Lauren no, Hill late. No, genuine can't show up five minutes early. Right. <laughs> right. So you know, they well, wait. If they wait, they will wait for Beyonce. But Beyonce is never going to be that late. Well, no, she that's not. my point. Beyonce's like someone who has that kind of. I don't like Beyonce, following. but she's a professional. Yes. Yeah. These are prof- you know Prince, Michael Jackson, Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross is was late. He's he was never Lauren. No one. Okay, was nobody's ever never Lauren, Lauren Hill, late. Hill late. But before but, there was Lauren Hill, there was Luther. But Vandross people would have waited that long. That's my point. Okay, like I'm saying, That's the type in the type of person that people would wait that long for are professional enough that they would never leave their fans waiting that long. That's true. So, well, I'm sorry to care if one was late. <laughs> he was. He was. He was uh, not Lauren Hill late. But not was, Lauren Hill late. He was late enough was when late. he finally. Got on stage. He acted like he was doing us a favor for showing up. Now that now, yeah, as if we hadn't paid him to do his job. That's Karis one. That's how he. When I saw him, he, he yeah. Then the man performed for about twenty minutes. Okay, we got a and full split. Show. Oh yeah. The teacher definitely taught me something that night <laughs> to never again buy tickets to see KRS One perform ever again. You see? must learn. <laughs> see, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Hey, and, and that's the type of stuff. Hey, man. That's the type of stuff that my man hey. was railing against. Hey, and, and and got his butt dropped off stage hey, because right. of it. All right. So, thank you, Robert. All right. I feel you, bro. All right. <laughs> you learned? Have you learned? I... Have you learned? Maybe not. Um, we also got an, we got an email uh, from Valerie Minor, a new um, uh, person who likes us on Facebook and hey, follows Valerie. us on Twitter and send us an email. So happy to see you guys. I am Philadelphia born and raised, now living in Oakland. I found your podcast via 
an event on the Amalgam Comics calendar. Right. And I am so excited to see your work. Hello. Hey, Valerie. Hey, Valerie. What's up, girl? How you doing? Oakland. She's living in Oakland now, but she's Philly born no, and raised. No, Philly born. Man, I love Oakland. Really? Love Oakland. Every time I hear about, you know, Cali, people, you know, they go on about how beautiful San Francisco it and is. San Diego is. I don't hear a whole lot of Oakland love. Oakland, Oakland is, uh, Oakland. I mean, you know, I haven't been in a couple of years. That's my disclaimer. I haven't been in a few years. But when I went, it, it was kind of a crunchy, hippie, hip hop. Yeah. My wife always joked she thought that I was going to make us move to Oakland. <laughs> wow, you fell in love. How long I, were you there? I mean, we were. I mean, we were in the Bay Area like a week. It's a week, and you were you were ready to. I mean, I've been there a few times, and every time I go, I kind of fall in love with it. What is it? What's the what gets you? What what is it that? It's the vibe. Yeah, it's the, it's the weather. It's the vibe. It's the shops. Like it's just a real cool. I mean, I love the Bay Area. Okay, yeah, I'd move to the Bay. I mean, you know, if I could afford to move to the Bay Area, and it wasn't so far away from my mama. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So you can't leave mama. No, no. Mama. Mama, I always love you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> you had a little moment. <laughs> Sorry. Um <clears throat> in regards to our, our conversation, speaking of our most more recent binge lounges, in regards to our binge lounge where we talked about um, whitewashing and yes. race spending, Arson, the voice of reason, said that in a technological age, cyborg makes the most sense, and Ghost in the Shell crea- and the Ghost in the Shell creator said that Major's race was never Japanese. You Just know, saying. yeah, that's that is always the the sort of defense deliberate, deliberately oblivious argument about mm-hmm. anime mm-hmm. and manga. Oh, well, they're racially indistinct mm-hmm. or or nondescript, and and you know, I've never bought it. And then, not for nothing, the default is always white. So, like, since the, the race wasn't defined, we just going to make them white. Yeah, that's what they usually do. Then there's that. And, um, you know, you know what I say is it's, it's, it, 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 it's the very definition of cultural appropriation. Yep. Like, we want everything about this culture except for the people. Mm-hmm. And they do it again and again and again. Air time. So, you know. Air time. Christopher Goodnight hit us up on Twitter. And he said that Iron Fist isn't race bending or whitewashing. Danny is white. Yes. But the concept of Danny is is bad. Exactly. And that was the point. Right. And that was the point there, Chris. Uh, right. And then we heard from there was one more person that we heard from on Twitter. Okay. And this was uh, from Black Ronin 623. Um, who said that he actually kind of liked Ving Rhames in Kojak. I forgot all about Ving Rhames. This is Did a, we talk about Ving Rhames in Kojak? Well, we talked. Did we I kinda, black out? We got, well, no, he actually, we, we were talking to, we, in our second Ben Sounds that we did when we were talking about black cops, he had mentioned Ving Rhames and Kojak. And I responded to him on, on Twitter oh, okay. that I don't, think, I don't think, I don't think Ving liked talking about 
Kojak and uh, I forgot all about Ving Rhames as Kojak. Black Ronan uh, mentioned that uh, that uh, he he enjoyed it. He actually liked. Uh, I I have no memory of it whatsoever except him sucking on that lollipop. Well, you, you, if you're co- doing Kojak and Kojak is definitely a dated reference, right? Right. But if right. you're doing Kojak, you've got to suck on a lollipop. Yeah, I don't remember anything about Kojak, and I know I watched it. I didn't because I loved Kojak. I I, I liked Kojak. I like I like Kojak. I I have watched it definitely as a kid, so yeah. I I don't know if I can yeah, sit I'm through it now. I'm pretty sure I watched it. Uh, and then last but not least, we heard in regards to our most recent episode where we were uh, reviewed Dark Town Strutters from yes. the '70s. Thank you, Mike and the M- Michelle Mission. What a pleasure to be a guest on your show. Thank you so much for featuring and speaking about my movie, Darktown Strutters. That's what I'm about now, to pass on our black history to the young, up-and-coming performing artists and the professionals also. Uh, Love and happiness, Trina Parks. Wow. A real class act. She really was. She was. She was fantastic. She was every every inch of her uh, spoke of nothing but class and a delight yeah so miss sparks if you are listening thank you and miss miss parks if you are listening um i want to let you know that i am keeping my promise to you mm-hmm. i have wrangled up um philadelphia's like premier geek superhero and that would be ariel johnson yes. of amalgam comics and coffee house she has agreed to reprise your role of Serena oh. from Darktown Strutters in full cosplay Is regalia. Is on that stuff? The, the stuff in the helmet too? The helmet as well. As well as we, uh, I have gone out and- Won't that I, make the fellow swoon? Well, you think you think that's going to make the fellow swoon? Uh, not only have, will Ariel be- um, uh, appearing as Serena, but I have locked down the services of very, 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 my God, my God, how good looking. It's not even funny. Uh, cosplayers, uh, Lynn, aka Brown Legs Marie. Uh, who is famously all over the uh, internet and on Twitter um, in depicting uh, Wonder Woman and Misty Knight. Um, And Roxanne Whitney, who does a lot of um, cosplay of a lot of original black comic book creators, including um, a very funky leather clad winged dark angel from this uh, sci-fi book flashbang that is just fierce. The two of them have agreed along with the extremely voluptuous and seductive storm triple of black triples fame Kennedy to appear as the three um, uh, three three motorcycle uh, uh, the other strutters other strutters yes of dark town star I couldn't even figure out how right, to say right. it so so I'm gonna I am going to be putting this all together uh, my man Ramon and his wife Vanessa uh, who are 
our legendary cosplayers here inside of Philadelphia. They're going to be helping me um, with putting together the costumes and the helmets. And for this year in December, when the Black Tribbles do our annual uh, Christmas Triple E celebration, is going to be an all 70s theme where I will premiere the 21st century edition of the Dark Town Strutters. Nice. Very nice. Glad you brought up Lynn Marie. I've been meaning to say this for a few weeks, and I got got lost because, you know, just traveling and all. We talked about um, I'm Curious, I Am Black. Yes. The Lois Lane issue. And Lynn Marie sent a link Mm -hmm. to the comic. Oh, really? That I had never actually read before. Wow. So shout out to Lynn Marie. Good looking out. I read it. It was everything that I ever dreamed of, and now I want to own it even more. Wow. But I'd never actually read it. Yeah, never. Yeah, because most people just know the you cover. You just see the cover. Right. And of, she, of Lois Lane going into a machine and coming out of it a black found woman. a link to the story on, on online and sent the link. That is so nice. It was very nice. That, it was very nice. That is so that is so nice. So you know. The, 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 Michelle, the Michelle missionaries. Hey man, the best. They I are say the it best. again, the people that I like to hang out with. Yes. So really enjoy it. All right. All right. We've wasted enough time. Oh, I wouldn't call it a waste. No, it was not. It's a waste. going to be a long episode. It's going to be one of those. Tr- <laughs> yeah. See if I. Can. But this one I have to edit down to an hour. So okay, um, we need to go ahead and go then. <laughs> so maybe some of this email stuff may not make it to may All not make right. it to the radio broadcast. All right. Um, because right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to get into our review of Dear White People. Dear White People. You're listening to Winchester University's only college radio station. Dear White People. The minimum requirement of black friends needed to not seem racist has just been raised to two. Sorry, but your weed man, Tyrone, does not count. Dear white people, please stop touching my hair. Does this look like a petting zoo to you? Mistress in, dating a black person to piss off your parents is a form of racism. The show is racist. Black people can't be racist. Racism describes a system of disadvantage based on race. But I don't see what the point is in blaming white folks for everything. I really don't see the issue. Never ran into any lynch mob. It would be good to elect someone like you as school president. Someone else is running. Together, we can bring black back to Winchester. Who does Sam think she is? It's like Spike Lee and Oprah had some sort of pissed off baby. I hope you make it all right. How do I feel about dear white people? It's blacker than thou propaganda from a bougie Lisa Bonet wannabe. Black people scare you? I listen to Mumford and Sons and watch Robert Altman movies. Think I'm black enough for the union? Lionel, please. You're only technically black. Sometimes I think the hardest thing to be in the American workforce is an educated white guy. They pay millions of dollars on their lips, their tans, Jay-Z tickets, because they want to be like us. Let's make it do what it do! You want to know why they used to call me Black Mitch? Absolutely. Nobody called you that. You've got no idea what they see when they see you. You've got a thing for Taylor Swift. I know, because my Mac picks up your Mac's library. I was so careful. You don't understand. Girls like me... Have to pick a side? I'm sick of your tragic mulatto bull. can't say mulatto. Mulatto, mulatto, mulatto. Did somebody say mulatto? How would you feel if someone started a Dear Black People? No need. Mass media from Fox News makes it clear what white people think of us. 
Your hair is so cute. Is it weaved? Weaved. It's weave. Noun. Present tense. Racism is over in America. The only people who are thinking about it are Mexicans, probably. Dear White People, 2014 American satirical comedy drama written, directed, and co-produced by Justin Simeon, a film that focuses on escalating racial tensions at a prestigious Ivy League college from the perspective of several African-American students. The film premiered in competition in the U.S. dramatic category at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival and had a theatrical release in the United States in October of that year, starring Tyler James. Williams of Everybody Loves Hates Chris fame, Tessa Thompson, um, Tiana Paris, Brandon P. Bell, Kyle Gaunier, Brittany Kiran, Mark Richardson, and featuring Dennis Haysbert. Uh, this movie would go on to meet with critical acclaim. Um, with Rotten Tomatoes giving it an average 10 of 7.5 out of 10 uh, and media cricket media critic excuse me scoring the film 79 out of 100 with Justin Chang in his review from Variety saying that the film provokes admiration for having bothered to ask some of the hard questions without pretending to know any of the answers and praising the cast he says that Williams Thomas, Paris, and Bell all make strong, distinctive impressions with Thompson, perhaps the standout as the film's sharpest and most nematic figure. This was your selection. Yes. Yes, it was. Vince, what say you? What say I of dear white people? You know, I think dear white people is something that, that came up certainly within our first couple of conversations yes about the michelle mission because it had just come out and and you know there, there was buzz mm-hmm. there was buzz and and you know certainly you know we talked about it before we were on i feel like i heard about it in the development of it at the same time i was hearing about dope yeah okay and you know now that there's a netflix series it seemed like a good time to talk about it here, you know, as an actual Michelle Mission episode. And, you know, I liked it. I liked it. I think I think it's it's a very strong debut mm-hmm. from Justin Simeon. Um, you know, I'm a Tessa Thompson fan. I'm a big Tessa Thompson fan, and I think she shines in this. Like, I think she, like you can see, she has a future. Yeah. In this. And and and, you know, it's sort of bearing out as we watch it. And I I think, you know, you know, she's very pretty, but she's also smart. Yes. And 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 I think there's there's this sort of quiet acting that she does in spots. And, you know, it, it actually reminds me. I remember before she was a huge thing, like I put on my hipster hat. You know, I was into her before everybody else was into her. I remember seeing Kerry Washington in a movie called Lift, like, okay. you know, 20 years ago. And I was like, I, li- I like her a lot. Like, she's the one. Mm-hmm. And I get that kind of early, kind of really expressive, kind of really, you know, this intelligence behind the eyes mm-hmm. vibe off of Tessa Thompson. Okay. Um, You know, the story 
of you know it's, it covers a couple of you know it starts with the the fallout from a, 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 a an incident on campus yeah where they've had you know the white students have had a blackface party and think of course the thing kind of explodes into a fight slash riot and then it goes back in time and you see all these various students mm-hmm. and how you kind of come to this point and i think it's a good story and i think it's a story that hasn't been told because i think when you look at sort of post school days mm-hmm. when we talk about black college students and sort of black college student culture it's always from the perspective of being at an HBCU. Okay. And very rarely do you see the experience of black college students at white schools or predominantly white institutions, as they call them now, PWIs. We used to call them white schools when I was in school. <laughs> you go to a white school. Is now that we, what y'all call them, white schools? Now they call them PWIs. Okay. I kind of go with the kids. All right, the kids call them PWIs, so now I'm calling them PWIs. And... I think it's a story that hasn't been told. Okay. Like you have, you know, oftentimes you'll hear the story of a black student, but you know, this sort of concept that there is this micro. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Microcosm of a black student culture at a white school right, is something that you don't see. And for the most part, capturing that kind of pressure cooker vibe mm-hmm. that you have when you're a black student at a white school. And I think it does a great job of the pressure cooker just from as far as the outside, the, the outside um, stress right? from, you know, oftentimes you were in a, um, a hostile environment, but then pressure from the inside. Yeah. Where you kind of have this sort of, you know, living in a fishbowl mm-hmm. because, you know, it's a limited number of you, all of y'all are sort of looking at each other. And, you know, whether we're talking about um, Tyler James Williams as, as this gay character who's trying to figure out his space. Right. In, in, in the black world, or we're talking about Tiana Parrish who, who, you know, makes the decision that she has white friends or mostly white friends and and what that says about her. And then there's Brandon Bell, who's sort of the, you know, the head of the black house and the son of the Dean of students and everything that goes along with that. And I thought it did a great job capturing that. Um, You know, he's a first time director. I think, I think there's a thin line between homage and just sort of, copying and he wears that Wes Anderson and that Spike Lee on his sleeves 
Okay. Where you yeah. know you have these. That's a nice little uh, correlation right there. Yeah. And and you know, it slips from you know. Okay, that's a nice sort of use of their language too. Oh, you're just sort of copying them. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, as much as I love Tessa Thompson in this, I think Tiana Parrish is completely. I won't say wasted, but underutilized. Yeah, and and you know, as, as much as I love Tessa Thompson, I'm I'm so happy for Tessa Thompson. I'm waiting for someone to use Tiana Paris the way that she should be used. Yeah, because I think there's a great actress there in search of a great role. Yeah, and you know, you think about the moments in Mad Men. You think about the moments in um. Chirac. Chirac, yeah. And you think about the moments in this where you get a There are a lot of moments in there. And and I, I it just frustrates me mm-hmm. that she's I don't think anyone really knows what to do with Tyler Williams after everybody hates Chris. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel he's another one that, you know, almost kind of suffers from having this very distinctive role early on in his career. Mm-hmm. And then people don't really quite know what to do with him i think he also suffers a little bit in that his 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 uh his look his 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 physicality still reads very young yeah you know so it doesn't read as so he's stuck in that in-between world yeah you know what i mean like you can't really play like the 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 big the big main guy, the, like the the lead, he right. really, he's really not built like that, or he doesn't have the presence for that because because technically his built is similar to Chris Rock, but when Chris Rock, there's a right. difference with with the presence, right? You know, um, and then his he has a very youthful demeanor and a demeanor that is as talented as an actor as he is, and I think he's an extremely talented act actor. Um, I think he is. His 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 face doesn't re give off a lot. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't necessarily fight you in. When I can you see that. Side. I can see that. You know, yeah. and and that put, just puts him in a hard place as far as acting wise. He'll be a he'll you know what he's going to be though. He's going to be your favorite type of actor. I think he's always going to be, be a, a character actor, a character, a working character. Also, actor. when he finally does get a little older, or his age begins to show, gets a little lines I in think his you're face. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, finally, you, you know, I thought it was kind of you know the irony is is that he kind of wears these Spike Lee influences on his sleeve. But I do think ultimately this film is guilty of some of Spike Lee's kind of worse instincts in that mm. there's too much going on too much like 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 I was so happy when I heard it was being developed into a television series mm-hmm. because there are so many storylines in this that you can just that pull. need to breathe yeah yeah and it's just not in this yeah but you know like I said ultimately I liked it yeah and this was and the, the film and the project was like a basically like a five-year work of art Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, a work of love by Justin Simeon. So it 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 was stand the reason that over those five years, you know, he's putting everything he he wants in there. You know, I want to touch on this. I want to I want to touch on that. Um, and to his credit, even though there is a lot in there, there is a lot of what he what is in there 
for the most part, he handles pretty well. I'm I'm pretty much thinking of Tessa Thompson, who plays Sam, the yes. lead, pretty much the lead in this movie. Yeah. Um, her relationship with the um, with with the she has like a white boyfriend that yes. she's kind of like seeing on the low. Yes, Kurt. Kurt. And you get this. No, not Kurt. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's not Kurt because Kurt. Kurt is the black guy. Right. Who who likes her? It's kind of like her right hand man right. In, in, Gabe. In, in in the um in the whole movement. Uh, Gabe, played by Justin Dobies. Yes. Um. They've got a relationship on the low that is one just played out perfectly because yeah. because when you when you're introduced to them in the movie you feel like you've they've just been introduced and they've just had a first con- their very first conversation over something that happened in the class that they happened to share right and then you see them walking along the it along the campus you know basically embroiled in an argument which sounds very much like the type of argument that you would ear hustle if you were on a college campus right um and they both have their uh very strict points of view, making making solid points against one another, right? Uh, in their argument as they go along, and then as the conversation keeps moving along, you start noticing that they're they're walking through the campus, and then they they've stopped here and they're still arguing, and now they're grabbing a little bite to eat and they're arguing, and now they're walking up to either his or her room right. arguing, which in your mind is like you're already like okay. They're getting along. Right. You know, are they seeing what's happening? And then they get into the room and they begin to get into it. But it's not one of those get into it like, you know, are you as turned on as I am? Yes, even more. And then they just go at each other from like from a classic Frazier's episode. No, this argument that they've been having, that's that's their pillow talk. Yes. That's what they do. It's foreplay. It's foreplay. Yeah, and this has been going on. And it's the most beautiful foreplay because as they start to unbutton each other's uh, shirts, the the scene cuts, and it cuts to just a shot of them in bed. Not having sex. After. Right. And it's so perfectly done. Um, and... Then and he and Justin uses this technique a few times in the in the film. He'll hold on an image, and have the dialogue from the next image start right while still holding on that image, and it's so it's so perfect because that image is is now just being illustrated by the words. Yeah, more painting visually. Um, But their whole relationship, because just in that relationship, which is all you see, because then then the next morning there's a little bit of shame on her part. And it's not really shame, but it's like, you know, like, uh, I don't know if I can be seen with you, I got to go. Right. You know, because Uh, he's white. Because I don't know if we mentioned that he's white. He, he's a he's a white yeah, he's guy. He's white and she's super militant. And that's the thing. It's not even yeah. so much that she's black. It's just right. that she is like the militant. She is right. the voice, the face of, of the face of you know militancy on this college campus. She yeah. is the host of the radio show, the widely popular radio show, Dear White People, right. where she is calling white people out on smartly out on their on their ish. So you know, for her to be seen with him is like uh, I don't know what happened. Yet, yeah, but in that whole scene 
you don't see two people that are just getting along and they're and they're having sex and they're getting to know each other and they're enjoying college life. No, what you are seeing in that scene is two people that do love one another. Yes. And they never say love until the very end of the movie. Yet at no time in this movie, when you see him with her, do you not realize that he loves her and she loves him? Absolutely. Even as she, when she is dealing with some family stuff that she deals with, you know, you you can you can tell without it's it, it's unsaid, but you can tell that the rest of her friends, including this Kurt guy who was like hung up on her. No, no, no. Kurt's the the the, the white goot no, no. who's the son of the president. Oh, okay. I think it's Reggie. Reggie, you're yeah, right. Reggie, you're right. Reggie. Yeah. Including this Reggie guy who's very hung up on her and 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 sees her. It's like this this captivating militant uh, chick who I, I just I want to follow and want to be a part of your life and I know that I can protect you and be your man and all this type of stuff. All of them who have have the best intentions at heart, but she has taken none of them into her true confidence. Right, like she has taken game. And I would actually challenge you. I don't know if Reggie actually loves her because I don't know if Reggie knows her. Yeah, he doesn't. He knows this image exactly. That's that's what he's right. falling in so, love with. He's falling in love with the, it falls in love with that image, and it's Gabe who sees the real image, and it's Lionel Tyler James Williams' character who calls her on it, right? Um, in such a very perfect way because he really becomes the audience surrogate in this move in this movie by right. way of him writing this article and everything that he sees is going down. Um. I just think this was a, an extremely smart, um, intellectual, funny, um, captivating, heartwarming, um, sometimes heart-wrenching yeah. um, movie. Because, uh, like you say about Tessa Thompson, as fantastic as she is in, in like telling people like it is on the radio or to their face in the cafeteria, she is – she just – melts your heart when she is just solo on the phone with her mom yeah yeah and you don't hear her mother you talk, don't hear her at all which is very difficult for an actor mm-hmm. to you know kind of do this one side of the conversation right with the phone and and you're right i it, agree she nails it she she nails the hell out of it man uh there you know like you say it's justin's first first film so do some of the homages kind of blend into a little bit of mimicry some um but i think he pulls the reins back on them enough so that there's enough of uh there's enough justin in there Mm -hmm. to to satisfy um the he pulls great acting from all of his cast many of them Many of these characters who could have been typecast, yeah, like this could have been very stereotypical, and yeah. it, it kind of leans that way in the beginning to set yeah. you up, yeah. Um, but then it, it pulls the rug out from under you because this is a film. This, despite a lot of the crazy stuff that happens in this film, there's not a an out and out villain how about that there are people that are just yeah. that are young and stupid young and stupid and again it's just the pressure cooker yeah 
you know, I think I, I think the moment there there's a moment very early on where you know Brandon Bell, who we haven't mentioned yet, mm-hmm. who plays Troy, and and Troy is the son of the dean of students, and he's in charge of of the black house, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. and you know he's clean cut. He's very good looking. When we see him, it's like blue, well, blue blazer khakis, <laughs> and he has a white girlfriend. Yeah, and we are led to believe that he is basically the authority figure, like like he is is part of 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 the of, leadership, the leadership, right? And there's this wonderful exchange where Reggie, who, as we mentioned, is basically Samantha's lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And he says to him, you know, when he walks in with his white girlfriend, oh, I I, I see you're still shucking and jiving. And you think that it's about to become this scene where, you know, the 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 red, black and green contingent is casting aspersions on this sort of more moderate black guy. Right. And the black guy is going, hurf, 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 hurf. well, I never. Right. And Troy comes back immediately yeah. with, well, actually, I'm majoring in shucking and I'm monitoring and jiving. And I see you're still majoring in, in sleeping with my leftovers, basically. And it's this wonderful moment <laughs> yeah. where you see that Troy has teeth. Exactly. And that Troy is much more nuanced than you think. And then the very next scene is Troy in his room with his shirt off and he has a tattoo under all of these clothes and he's smoking weed yep and it's like okay so there's more going on yeah. and not for nothing i'm talking about you know this sort of this this sort of tale of black culture at a white college mm-hmm. i love the fact i love like my favorite little detail in the film is part of so you know of course troy is ahead of the black house which means he has this level of popularity and this that, and the other but i love the detail that part of the reason that he's popular is that he's the barber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're How about black that? and you've gone to a white school, you know the dude that cuts hair on campus is one of the kings. Yes, sir. He is one of the kings. Like yes, the dude because you know, go to school, you get you know, you get chopped up before you go to school. About a week after you've been there, you know, it's two types of campuses. <laughs> It's either like a campusy campus that's like in the middle of nowhere, or it's a campus in a different city mm-hmm. where you don't really you don't know. You don't trust you don't, that. You can't trust every you, clipper, you, right? And you, and you can't just be rolling into places talking about. I'm from out of town and I need a haircut. <laughs> I got all this loose cash. What can I do with it? <laughs> so you look for the dude that cuts hair, mm-hmm. and that guy is the king. Yep. And I love that detail because this is very much something. That you don't know unless you were there. Right. And, you know, there are all these moments like this. Like, you know, the politics of black people in the dining hall. Yeah. And, you, you know, the fact that, that again, Tyler James is, Williams is trying to figure out where do I fit into this? And, and you, you know, like you said, all of these characters have this kind of nuance mm-hmm. there, which, you know, again, back to what I said, which is why it was very frustrating to me. That people didn't get as much time as I wanted them. I mean, it's only a two-hour movie. Right. But while I was so happy to hear about the television show, and from what I understand, they're, they're, it's breathing. Yeah, and we, and we actually um, purposefully have not watched the television show because yes. we didn't want it to color our review of the film. We've mentioned this actor a couple of times uh, in, in, uh, in error, actually, and that would be Kyle Garner in the role of Kurt Fletcher. Right. Who plays the son of... 
of the president of the president of, of the university of the school. And it should be mentioned. I think you may have mentioned it that uh, uh, Brandon P. Bell Troy plays um, Dennis Haysbert's son, right? Um, uh, who is the dean of students, right? Which you know, back to storyline that I would have loved to have heard from. Apparently, you have this generational beef. Yeah, where Dennis Haysbert and the president of the university right. are both alumni of this school, and and they, you know, had sort of a tense relationship when they were undergrads there. Now both of them are in in, in administration, mm-hmm. and their children go to the school, which we haven't mentioned that Troy's white girlfriend is the president's daughter. It's the president's daughter and Kurt's sister. Right, and now and now Kurt, you know, you see all the sides of being. A jerk, yet a complicated, you know, guy. Right. In college. He's a jerk in that he, his, his, you know, I guess, I guess fraternity or whatever. Well, I think he's the head of the humor magazine. I think it's like a national lampoon. Right. Type. And they basically, you know, let Lionel, Tyler James' character, live there. But basically they kind of like pick on him right and like keep him out you know they 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 let him live there because you know he's a student he's got to live somewhere however they uh let him live there by their own rules right and if we've got a party going on you can't come back until until that party is done right you know stupid stuff like that so he definitely is a jerk to tyler and and i think part of that is because you know uh and i and i think it's more so because tyler is gay as opposed to him being black mm-hmm. um but then you have when troy is making a play to get on the good side with this humor magazine right um so to kind of like up his profile at the school or what have you you have you have kurt basically pulling troy to the side and being one hundred percent real with him, yeah, yeah, he's like, dude, you are being you are being used by my pop, you know what I mean? And and we don't have to do this. Like we he's basically saying we don't have to continue. I think at one point he actually says we don't have to be the pawns exactly. of our fathers. Exactly. I mean, and, and so he 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 shows that he is, you know, there, there's more to him, right? Right. Uh, when all, every, all the craziness goes down on the on at the campus, he is the guy's like, yo, I didn't call for this. Right. I called for a little, you know, I'm, you know, we're a satirical magazine. I'm calling, I called for something. I ain't called for this. Right. He actually canceled the party. Yeah. I canceled, I canceled the party and now I'm here to try and shut this joint down. You know, right. he's being upfront about that. Yeah. You know, you, you, it, I, th- I would the whole time was thinking it was very conspicuous that you weren't seeing him in around the, the craziness and once you did, it was all about him trying to stop it. Right. You know, now it it, would, it came with him maybe a little bit too late. Yeah, but, yeah, But yeah. he was still, once you did it, that's what it was about. So there was a, a complexity to his character that easily didn't have to be written into this film. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah, absolutely. It's um, Tiana Paris. Tiana Paris, who, who, who as, you. As Coco. As Coco, who you, who, who you spoke about, does yeoman work. Um, with very little to do, right? Um, and is it, she? She's given very little to do. However, I do think uh, again, 
uh, it speaks to the writing and speaks to how uh, Justin writes um, characters and especially couples um, in his writing of Sam and Gabe uh, is very, is very uh, authentic. So is his writing of Coco and Troy. Yes. It's sort of the outsiders. Yes. Who, you know, and, and the outsiders that for, if, if for a fleeting moment in time, find each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, you know, what comes of that? Right. After, the aftermath. Right. Which, that. which, which was an, an amazing little detail. Yeah. Like I love, I love the way that those two, I love the place that they are as a couple at the end of the film. I, I do. Because I, I, I want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, um, there is, like I say, I think any quibbles you can have would be from the direction and, and, and even that is just that in, well, okay. The, the story, because like you said, it is jam packed. You do sometimes get, lose the linear track. Right. Of the, of the basic plot. Yes. You know, and some of the characters motivations and some of the characters motivations seem more just, you know, for sake of the story, as opposed to, you know, actually being born from the plot. Like to me, I kind of see Tyler James making the Lionel character, making the move that he does. Right. Um, as far as with the Black Student Union at the end of the movie, yeah, I don't know that I see him going to the party and acting the way that he does. Right, right, I, and 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 I think it's is very kind of clunky. Yeah, the way they treat his transition, mm-hmm. quote unquote, not even quote unquote, into the black community. Yeah, you know, I thought that could have been handled more smooth. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad he made the point of saying that, you know, this sort of default mode that somehow everyone's become comfortable with that black people are just homophobic, period. The end of that's the end of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that he addressed that. Yeah. And that, you you know, you do have these people. (laughs) Like, I love the fact. That at one point Reggie talks about, I'm listening to Frank Ocean right now. Why do you think I'm homophobic? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, you know, like many things, I think it's complicated. Yeah. And but but I, I well, again, I wish they would have done more with it. Like I wish that plot would have had time to breathe. Yeah. And and it doesn't. It it, it doesn't. And um, but it is telling also to the strength of the acting that even though that takes place, I think you still leave the film wholly satisfied. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think you do. Um, it's a shame though, when you're reading about the film as much of a buzz as we heard about it, you yeah. know, cause it was a big thing on Indiegogo and Justin, he was, he, he did a campaign. He wanted to get like $25,000 to finish the movie. He wound up raising $40,000. Yeah. It won, it's won awards, was invited to uh, the Tribeca Film Festival and everything like that. Um, it, it really went on to, to big uh, accolades. And it was hot on social it media. It was. Like he had done a trailer for the for the movie to kind of like promote the, the the for the Indiegogo and it was hot. It was people were like waiting especially for especially among movie. the youngs. Big time. The youngs were 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 really waiting for it. Yes, the youngs. The youngs. 
Anyway, my niece and nephew and my students were hot and heavy. And yet, white people. And yet, I think it was only they that went to see the film. I mean, because this opening weekend, it it didn't make it made just short of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. How many screens was it on? It probably was. It doesn't say how many screens it was on, and, and and admittedly, it probably wasn't on a lot of screens. And I also push back and say that when we say it was hot and like I think we we're kind of showing our bubble. That's true. Because I think you had to be at a certain time in a certain time and place for it to be on your radar. That's true. And the way I'm saying that is when you look at sort of the rancor that the Netflix series had a, has elicited from some people. And you can tell they didn't know this was a movie because these people would have come out the woodwork three years ago yeah. just talking about it. And, you know, it's like this this brand new phenomenon. So, you know, I think it was it was basically a small art house film. But because of the circles we travel in, we thought it was a big hoopla. Right. Well, the fortunate thing is that it was it did, you know, not long after it was released in films uh, in the theaters. It did make its way to Netflix, the film. Yes. As well as other uh, on-demand and stuff like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Justin has more than made his money back. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I, I think he showed enough of a deft hand in this film that um, I will be eagerly awaiting his next I am. I am. And, and like I said, it is nothing but my love for this podcast that I have not watched any of the episodes yet like they're sitting on my you you know shows you might watch <laughs> list and i'm you know i might go home and watch an episode tonight nice because nice. i'm really really looking forward to it and you know like i said i really enjoyed this film and i love the act you know brandon bell did you watch that thing that was on the Sci-Fi Channel last year about the, the Ooh, spaceship. It was the uh, Ascension. Ascension. Did you watch it? I did. That was not bad. It wasn't bad. And he was really good in. Really, really good. It took me to like about maybe a half hour before the the movie was over. I was like, Ascension. That's where I know this guy. Right, from. right, right. I couldn't bring it to my mind. It was very good in that film. Yeah. So I, that, I really like Brandon Bell. And that was a series. A oh, man, man. I wish that that series had lasted. I know. Because that was a real. I think it was a very, very intriguing. I don't want to give it away, but that was that was a series that like, woo. I mean, it got canceled. We don't want to talk. Well, I think it's something that at least the last I I saw. I'll just say it was on Netflix. I can see why people were very angry that it got canceled. No, at the at the the. Let's just at, say at the, at the, the plot twist. development. Yes, I don't want, like I hate to say when there's a twist in something yeah. because now you're, you're giving it away it. that it's a twist. Yeah, that's but, true. You know. Yeah. I, I, he, but but I like Brandon Bell. I want to see more of Brandon Bell. Um, you know the actors we've talked about already. I like them a lot. You know Dennis Haysbert. How about it, man? Dennis Haysbert. You know we. I remember watching uh, Twenty Four during the early years, and my wife and I was still on the sofa and go. Well, can you imagine what it'd be like if we actually had a black president? Like, what would that be like? And for years, we just called him black president. And then when Barack Obama was elected, we started calling him fictional black president. So in my house, he's fictional black president. Here's a thought. It just came to me. About how you know our current president. Yes. Has for the, the President Donald Trump. For the past eight years plus has been doing nothing but going at our former president, yes, President Barack Obama's 
neck. Yes. And now that he, Trump is the president, he is basically doing everything in his power to basically erase the presidency of Barack Obama from the history pages as yes. much as he can. As much as he can. Right. Here's a thought. Nothing against Barack Obama. Because Nothing. Barack Obama is a as a bad man. He's a smooth brother. Yes. But I wonder if the president was Dana, Dennis Haysbert. Yes. Do you think Trump would have come at Dennis Haysbert neck like that? No, but then I also don't think Dennis Haysbert could have gotten gotten elected. That's a whole different conversation. Very true. And for the reasons why he he probably wouldn't have got elected. <laughs> right, right, exactly. If he had gotten elected, exactly. nobody would have came at that man's neck. The funny thing is you look at all of Dennis Haysbert's roles before he was on 24, and he always has facial hair. And Dennis Haysbert with facial hair is actually too much. Yeah. yeah like, it's too much. Yeah, yeah like, like, dude. <laughs> like, he's in Major League. <laughs> and 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 like he's Omar Epps's father in loving basketball, mm-hmm. and it's too much. Yeah, like you just like you you too manly right now. It's too manly. <laughs> you got to cut your beard off, Dennis Haysbert. It's too much. <laughs> but now we all in good hands, <laughs> right? <laughs> he ain't growing no more hair on his face though. <laughs> he ain't growing no more hair on his face. If Dennis Haysbert doesn't shave for two days, he's going to lose all his jobs. That's true. Because that's too much. That's too much. That's too much black man. <laughs> I know. It's he, too much black man right now. Because he's six foot 12. He's six foot 12. <laughs> he's got that voice like this. <laughs> and then if he has some facial hair, it's too much. He got to shave. <laughs> like that's peak black man he can get <laughs> just like that old man fade and no hair on his face Yep. so yeah mm. so anyway <laughs> would you recommend dear white people I would recommend dear white people I would recommend dear white people and much like we talked about middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and much like we have talked about um Medicine for Melancholy. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be a film, which, by the way, I would have said Medicine for Melancholy as one of my... Oh, a Criterion um, film? One of my Criterion films. Yeah, um, that's a good one. You know, I didn't like Fruitville Station for reasons that had nothing to do with the quality of the film, but like Fruitville Station, like I think there are these films... That these filmmakers make their first films, their first films, or right. you know, their first because I think Middle of Nowhere is is, is was I, I don't think that was her first film. No, it's not her first. I'm film. just I'm just thinking about things that we've watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is a film that shows that he is a director to watch. Yeah, he is a director to watch, and I plan on enjoying his work. Yeah, I hope to enjoy for his work years as to well. come. Yeah, and and you know, I am. I'm looking forward to these, I think, 10 episodes of Dear White People because, you know, I've put Dear White People on, like, my list with, like, Black Dynamite and stuff. Like, I'm just thankful that it's gotten one season because I don't think it'll get two seasons. You don't? No. I don't know. On Netflix? I mean. Almost every series. Literally, every series. You know what? I'll be pleasantly surprised. I hope it does. Every original Netflix series gets no less than two seasons. I I hope it does. If it doesn't. I'll be happy with what we have. 
like it's nice to have this documentary evidence but yeah i'd absolutely recommend dear white people and you know besides justin simeon you know like i said i think tessa thompson is still at the beginning of what i think is going to be a really really amazing career so do i uh, and she she does she's pretty good in westworld from what i um from what little she i did is see good her in westworld in there because i didn't finish westworld um oh, you, she, need to, you need to finish westworld everybody tells me westworld is real good like westworld is real good and then you don't even notice westworld is getting real real black <laughs> until the last episode you're like that was a black show i just watched so westworld gets real black yes. by the end of the first season and you don't even notice it sneaking up on you yeah that's, so i i hear a lot of people love that love it and i and one day i'll go back and finish it uh my girl who uh, i love Andy so, newton man by the end Okay, I'm I'm going to watch it, man. Vince, you can't give me but so many shows to watch, man, because I'm like midway in season one of The Expanse. Okay, okay, you liking it though, right? Yes, I am yeah. liking The Expanse. Yeah, the Expanse is real good, the right? Expanse is really good. You like The Expanse? I like The Expanse. The Expanse, the Expanse is, is good. good. That's a good show. That's a good show. That's a good one, Vince. That's a good one. Yeah, I've always been sort of eh, about Tandy Newton, but by the end of Westworld, yeah, please, I'm about to put her up on my wall with. Pam Greer and Marion McLeod Bethune. What about Lynette McKee? All right, now. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would definitely def- uh, recommend that everybody go and see uh, Dear White People. It was available on Netflix for a long time, yeah. but now, and I don't know why they wouldn't put it on there with the TV series. So stupid. But um, it can also be frustrated with Tiana Parrish being underutilized. It, and and I hope that you know uh, Tessa Thompson, as as good as she is, mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't just fall for the girl, girlfriend roles like she does in Creed. She's playing Valkyrie and Thor. Well, that's true. So you got that happening. Well, that's true. But we're, but but it's still, but that's still. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. It's still, you know, I hear not the saying. main character. You know, Idris yeah. Elba is yeah. you know no, no. Hemdall, and he's yeah. and not to not not for nothing in Creed. She was acting opposite who I think is the best actor of its generation so like she held her own with Michael B. Well, Jordan well I think Sylvester Stallone is a good actor you know at times oh you're talking about Michael B. Jordan yes I don't know how many scenes she was in with Sylvester Stallone I was referring to Michael B. Jordan I understand, I understand. she yeah. held her own with Sylvester Stallone too though. yeah and she made Michael B. Jordan look good um, ladies and gentlemen uh, Dear White People with its new series on Netflix uh, continues a long tradition of movies that have been adapted into television series. And as the Michelle mission starts a new social media campaign, uh, just trying to get me and Vince to just interact with you a lot more. We want to ask a question for all of our Michelle missionaries to answer and maybe uh, get your friends to answer. We're going to put a poll out up on Twitter so you can answer. Um, Which is the best movie to TV adaptation? Now, I think it's better to do it this way, Vince. Now, you can write in your own selection if you like, ladies and gentlemen, um, and, and 
using the hashtag MMQOD, that's Michelle Mission Question of the Day, which we will put out every Wednesday when the show um, hits on iTunes and SoundCloud, and as well as when it streams on WPPMLP 106.5, People Power Media, uh, Philadelphia FM Radio, as well as on the internet, phillycam.org. Um, you can do your own write-in, but I think to make it easier for people, Vince, we should give them for our poll, we should give them at least three to select from. Okay. You know, that way we can have like a running total. Sure. So we won't use, of course, we won't use dear white people. No. Um, but I think, I think we could maybe keep this black, even though we don't have to. We can keep it black. We can keep it black. We Always can, bet on black. Because I think, I personally think it would be hard pressed to find a a better TV movie to TV adaptation than Mash. Mash, right? Of course. Okay. But in the in 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 black cinema, there have been more than a few. There have. You have what a lot of people don't realize. We mentioned Cooley High. Cooley early. High, which is adapted into more or less into what's happening. Yeah, not or less, because that dude sued them. I didn't know that. Yeah, that dude sued. That dude, I should know his name. Yeah. That's a story for That's Binge story. Lounge coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, but what's happening is legally adapted from Cooley High. Cooley High. Okay, so we've got and that. And if you look at the later episodes at the end, it actually says it in the credits. Oh, got his money. Yeah. All right, so we got Cooley High to Cooley what's High. happening. Okay. Um. Then what do we, we I guess we should give him at least two more. Okay. Um. You want to do, do? I don't know what you want. Do you want to do a Tyler Perry movie? Sure, we can do. Why did I get do, married? Do we have to? I mean, yeah, <laughs> sure. Do we have? To, do, really? Do we I think to? we do? Why? <laughs> There's got to be other ones. There's no other ones. I mean, would we count a uh, Lethal Weapon? Would you count Lethal Weapon as a black film? No. If Danny Glover is played by a white actor, actor does it change the whole dynamic in the film? Not that much, no. It kind of does. I don't think it so. It kind of does. Okay. Well, if for you, I would say Lethal Weapon. So we'll put Lethal Weapon. Okay. To Lethal Weapon, and then we've got to give him a third. Well, I know it's one in this one so far. Um, to <laughs> give him a third. Okay. Uh, and we're keeping it black. So that's what you said. Well, you and you co-signed. I did co-sign. I'm just so don't don't just lay it on me. <laughs> um, so if we're keeping it black, then I'm trying to think of a black movie that got Sparkle didn't become a TV series. Um, uh, Dream Girls didn't become a TV series. Uh, uh, you're not helping, Vince. Well, all you know, you know, because I can't get past the coming to America pilot like that's in my head okay well that was a pilot well that's how come i was being quiet because you know because that's all you can think of that's all i can think yeah. of. really fountain of knowledge over there Vince. oh yeah oh yeah uh, <laughs> oh yeah so many things i can't i know i can't i can't i don't think there's another black one i think people should write it in like you said the poll i don't know why people can't well, I thought poll might be more interesting. I'm a fan of essay questions. Okay, so we'll just keep it essay. We won't do a keep poll. Essay, you tell us. Yeah, you, you tell, tell us, us what was the best TV to uh, excuse me movie to TV adaptation. And yes. it doesn't have to just be black, you right? Keep right, it, right. you know, keep it all over. Some people may not. There are some people that didn't like Mash. I mean, I didn't like Mash. I respected Mash. I watched Mash. I don't know how much I enjoyed Mash. 
I stopped enjoying MASH after the third season. Right. Um, there were few and far between. I, and BJ Honeycutt didn't do it for me. You know, we talked about it before. That, that kind of like family and eight is enough and like those late 70s, early eight, 80s shows. Oh, family and eight is enough. That so. were like sort of, we, we call them dramedies now. Yeah. I ain't like that when I was young. Well, family wasn't a dramedy. Family, family was 100% a drama. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about Eight Is Enough. Eight Is Enough was a dramedy, right? That with Adam Rich, right, right, and I, Dick Van Patten. I just like one of them shows after the Brady Bunch, where it's just a house, really big family. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Eight Is Eight Is Enough. Wow, that was on for a long time. That was on yeah. at least a good five, six, seven years. I think I watched a lot of Eight Is Enough. I don't remember anything about Eight Is Enough. I didn't. I know for a fact I did not watch. A episode of it is except the dude that went on to be on Charles in Charge, Adam Rich. Adam Rich, which I watched maybe every episode of Charles in Charge. Oh man, Charles in Charge Made takes me to Scott Bayo and, and Aaron. Moran. It takes me to those Jody Love Chachi and uh, yeah. Aaron Moran, who we lost. And speaking in the world of film, Jonathan Demi, Demi, yeah, director of Philadelphia. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, and Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. Got to edit this down to an hour, huh? <laughs> oh, trust me, a lot of this, a lot of this, this stuff right here. All right, <laughs> this will not make it to the radio. Right, right, right. It'll be on the podcast, yeah. but it won't make it to the radio. Uh, and this is a good thing. You can I do the podcast. The podcast. And, you know, right. There you go. So you know, listen to the. This is doesn't matter. This won't be on there on the radio either. <laughs> right. um, but this will be on the radio. Hey, um, so we will be back next week with another edition of the. Michelle Mission. You know what we're watching? You're up. I actually believe, if I'm correct, we will be having a guest. Who are we going to have? Leanne Lindsay of Tinsel and oh, Time. That's right. So we'll be here with Talk to Me. We're doing Talk to Me. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. We're staying in the 2000s. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping so it current. So that's dope. So that will be next next week here on the Michelle Mission, um, which you can check uh, every week on MichelleMission.com, as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place a good podcast be, as well as streaming as a radio broadcast on WPPMLP 106.5 FM on your Philadelphia and Camden dial and streaming on phillycam.org. That's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. We've got to get out of here. Vince, Len, we're parting. So we're saying. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.